Hello, friend. Thank you for tuning in. This is going to be a rather unique episode. Um, heads up if this content might be more sensitive for you. I'm going to be discussing um, the healing of my sexuality. First, I'm going to describe um, a mask that I created artistically um, as part of my art therapy while I was in the Trees of Hope Bible study. Um, and then I'm going to describe um, the ministry of Trees of Hope and what they do. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about um, my process in that Bible study and the book that we used and what I learned from it, that sort of thing. So if this topic is too heavy for you, please feel free to skip this podcast. And um, there are those who need it, and so I'm not going to not share it just because it is sensitive and it might not be the right time for other people to listen. So, um, I prayed before I started, but I'm going to pray for us right now. (sighs) Father God, I thank you for whoever is listening. I know that you've brought them to this podcast for a reason. I know you've brought them to this podcast episode for a reason. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would guide my words. I ask that anything that is not of you would just go by the wayside and that what is of you would be heard and would stick because your truth never returns void and you are the God of life and you came to redeem us and heal us that we could live an abundant, joy-filled life even in the midst of every struggle that you allow us to experience here on this earth. Father God, we just submit this time to you and we ask that your hand would be over us as we listen. I ask that the Holy Spirit would be present with everyone who listens. In Jesus' name. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. So there is a picture I'm going to make available somehow and I will link it in the description or make it the header picture and it is a picture of me holding this mask that I created. Now when you go through, when you experience abuse, oftentimes you have to learn how to put up a facade or a front to interact with the world and a lot of times we don't even know that we do that. But we do that because it's not safe to be ourselves. It's not safe to be the person God made us to be. So my group leader, Sue, instructed us to decorate this mask as part of our healing process. On the lower left-hand corner, there is a picture. And hang on, let me get the photographer's name. And this photograph by Noel S. Oswald is of a woman, and her head and her arms are above the surface of the water. And her arms are outstretched, and her neck is... She's leaning back, and so she's in a very vulnerable position. And what I did was I decorated, and I attached this mask, this photo that I printed out to this mask, with red brads and paper clips. And reaching over her, there is a black spider with a pink bow around its 
thorax for no other reason than a lot of times predators appear friendly and sweet and i've had i had a shoe customer who gave the best hugs and then later emailed me some creepy questions and i never responded to him ever again and so my i learned from that an experience to not trust if people make me feel safe or not in regards to whether they were safe and a lot of times because we grow up in abuse or we get so accustomed to it or one kind of abuse allows us to fall into a deeper kind of abuse our souls are trapped in many ways and we're pinned down just like the brads and the paper clips pinned down this vulnerable girl to this mask underneath the overreaching of the spider. Now, the left side of the mask represents the the captivity, and the right side of the mask represents the freedom. The first thing you probably notice about the right side of the mask is the butterfly. And the butterfly also has a green bow, and that's just for practicality's sake to hold it to the mask. Um, but when we're free from the lies that we, we lived in, when we experience sexual abuse, we're able to commit to people out of love and, and without fear because we know that we're able to uphold healthy boundaries. Um, the, the green medallions that you see, those were cut out of some uh, gift wrapping paper that my friend... Um, my friend in group uh, gave me a verse, wood burned on it, my favorite verse, Romans 5. And um, that was, those green medallions were cut from that wrapping paper. So that has very personal significance to me. Um, and I still have her gift. Now, what you might not notice about the mask is on the top right, there is this white rose. And if you're looking at the picture, you'll see there's a little dash of red through the outside of the one petal. And um, I'm recording this podcast not only for you, my listeners, but also for the girls who are in the Trees of Hope Bible study. And I gave Sue my mask, and so they're holding this mask as we speak and looking at it, and what they can see looking at this white rose is that there is red scarlet thread that has re-sewn the structure of the rose. And I actually left the needle in there. Be careful, girls. I'm sorry to say that too late, probably. Um, I left the needle in there and the needles bent and I don't know if that has symbolism or not but um, the meaning and the symbolism of the white rose mended with the scarlet thread is that God redeems and heals our purity and our virginity so if you've had things done to you that you wish you'd never experienced and if you have done things with your body and with your heart and your soul that you wish you had never done i am telling you that god can redeem that 
and he will heal you if you go to him and you trust him. And he might not finish that healing during your lifetime, but Philippians 1 says that he will complete it in the day of Lord Jesus. So when he wipes every tear away from our eye, and I love how personal that is, when he wipes every tear away from our eye, that is so intimate. He's not just going to say, hand us a hanky and say, okay, wipe, wipe your tears, we're in heaven now, be done with that crying. No. You know, if you read the Old Testament at all, and you read about the anger and the wrath of God, that gives me such great comfort that the sin and the evil that I see in the world will be judged, and those who do not repent will be judged. And God's mourning with me over that is personal. And he will wipe the tears away from our eyes personally, and then we will enter in to his joy and his rest and his glory. So that concludes my description of the mask, and I'm now going to explain the ministry of Trees of Hope. According to the Advocacy Center, one in four girls and one in four boys, that's one in ten total, will be sexually abused by the time they reach their 18th birthday. D. Proieto, the founder of Trees of Hope, knows the statistic too well. When Dee was five years old, a family friend who was a house guest in her parents' home sexually abused her. That act of abuse was not only a physical violation against a little girl, it also violated her trust and relationship boundaries. In 2006, Dee worked in the community relations department at His Caring Place, a home for pregnant teens. Dee found herself ministering to pregnant teens that had also experienced the ordeal of sexual abuse at some point in their lives. In the realization that these girls also needed healing, Dee found her true calling. In 2006, Dee conducted her first small group healing study at his caring place. In 2008, Trees of Hope was born, and the mission of protecting the future and the healing and healing the past became a reality for over 4,500 people. In 2010, Trees of Hope conducted its first prevention workshop for a mom's group at Rio Vista Church. Since the start of Trees of Hope, they have educated over 2,600 people with their prevention material and have provided healing groups to over 1,300 people. Trees of Hope is a nonprofit that educates parents on ways to prevent sexual abuse and hosts survivor-led healing groups for those who've been affected by sexual abuse. They believe that they can slow down the statistics of child sex abuse by educating parents on practical ways to safeguard their children in today's world. Their healing groups provide hope and show survivors of, success of sexual abuse how to live full, healed, and restored lives. That is the about page from treesofhope.org um, because their words are going to do a better, more accurate job of explaining it than I will. And their waiting list has hundreds of people on it. And I was privileged to be in one of those groups. They keep it very small and intimate. 
the max size for a group is eight people. And while it might seem more beneficial to have a larger group to meet more people all at once, it's actually counterproductive because you need to have a safe place to share. We practice and we promise and practice confidentiality. So I am not at liberty to share any names or even any stories from what I heard. What I will tell you is that Sue commented that we were the most vocal group she had ever had. There are healing groups where the girls literally do not speak up. In our group, we we shared so much. Every single person in our group shared their story. And I'm I'm so privileged to be entrusted with those stories and to know how to pray for those women. Every single woman in my group was a future leader. And three of them are already leading small groups with Trees of Hope. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so, so thankful that, and I still pray for them to this day. So yeah, we showed up every Thursday night in a small back room of church, and we sang a few worship songs, and then we read from Shelter from the Storm, written by... Cynthia Gubitin and James Mallory, M.D. Shelter from the Storm, Hope for Survivors of Sexual Abuse. I'm going to read through the headings of the different 12 units in the book. And in the course of that, I'll probably go on some tangents. And I'm also going to describe the different types of sexual abuse that exist. So, with that said, Unit 1 is called a foundation for recovery. The verse for Unit 1 is Psalm 55, 6 through 8. I said, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. And the truth for that chapter is, I can find hope and healing. Something important to realize is that a lot of people don't believe that people who experience sexual abuse can be healed. And that is an absolute lie from the pit of hell. So the first step in beginning healing is to have faith that God can indeed heal. Unit 2 is called Discovering Hope, and the memory verse is from Psalm 103, verse 5. Who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. I accept God's love and kindness towards me, 
the most important part of healing is realizing that we have to accept God's love towards us. So many of us have, and even if, even if we've only been psychologically abused or emotionally abused, we don't feel that we are worthy of good love, of genuine love, of love that doesn't have strings attached. So that truth is very important in beginning the healing process. And without it, it cannot begin. <laughs> Unit three is called Tell Yourself the Truth. And the memory verse is John 8, verse 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is extremely difficult. Because for anyone coming out of an abusive home environment... We have to tell the truth about what really happened. If if a parent does things that are damaging to you, they're still your parent. You're still wired as a child to love and respect and to try to trust them. Acknowledging how one parent may have abused you or and another parent may have enabled or even how family members may have enabled is extremely difficult. Unit 4 is called Out of the Darkness into the Light and the memory verse is from Isaiah 42 verse 16. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do, and I will not forsake them. And the truth from that unit is, I am worthy to have God lead me and comfort me. Again, the belief of self-worth is so difficult. One of the things that we do in class is we... We look at ourselves in a mirror. Am I still? Am I? Am I? Am I breaking Sue's trade secrets? Am I, I, okay, you know I'm. Sue, I'm sorry. I got to do this one. Please forgive me. It's for the peoples. So one of the things we do is we look at ourselves in a mirror, and we tell ourselves things that are true about us, simply because we are made by God. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, I am worthy. I am special. I am beautiful. Do you know how hard that is to say? I am wanted. And this is big because sometimes I feel like I'm wanted for what I can do for other people. Like th- that, that's utilitarianism, which is a, basically a big word for I'm only good for what I can do for people. But no, I'm wanted for me, whether I can do anything for them or not. Like, I can't do anything for God, and he still wants me. Because I'm his creation, and because I've accepted him, I am his child and his daughter of God. And John 1 says that we are able to become the children of God. 
And as children, we are wanted. Even if our father and mother never wanted us, God chooses us. And if you have father and mother unwanted issues, I highly recommend Psalm 27. It is amazing. And the verse in there, there's two verses in there that are very powerful. One is, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will never forsake me. And that's my rough paraphrase. I apologize. And the other verse is at the very end. And it is that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. For those who've experienced sexual abuse, the emotional trauma can become so painful that we literally want to die. Now, I experienced my my suicidal thoughts in relation to my biochemistry and some situational depression, not so much with abuse, but suicide because of sexual abuse has definitely happened. And so the faith, having the faith that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, the living was a promise that kept me going when I all I could do was get out of bed, go to work, and go home. And today I'm thankful to be married to my husband, and I am seeing God's blessings in addition. Blessings that I... I can only attribute to him, and all I can do is thank him for them. We also look in the mirror and say, I am unique. You know, we're not just a body. No no two body is the same and no two souls the same. We are unique and that's important. I am talented. I am precious. Ooh, that's a hard one for me. I am wonderful. I am loved. I am amazing. We look in the mirror and we tell ourselves those every week. And some of us can't do it because we don't believe it. But as we practice, it gets better. And then by the end of the session, our voices ring out stronger where once they broke. Unit 5 is about the family in the storm. And the memory verse for this unit is, You will forget the shame of your youth. Isaiah 55, verse 4. And the truth that we hone in on in that, in that group, in that unit, is, I am clean. And realizing that God cleanses us from all of our sin and all of the sin that has been done to us. Unit 6 is letting go of shame and guilt. And the memory verse for that unit is, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is Romans 8.1. And the principle is, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wait, that's Psalm 139. I am wonderfully made is the memory verse, is the emphasis for that. Um, and Romans 8 is in the context of such a beautiful, strong, powerful book. I can't wait to read that book on the interwebs. Unit 7, 
is about feeling the anger and hurt. The memory verse for this unit is be angry and yet do not sin. Ephesians 4.26 I have permission to feel my anger and hurt. This is extremely important. I have spoken about this principle in my podcast, Why Does God Heal Slowly? And if you haven't heard it already, that is my testimony podcast. I spend 10 minutes explaining the principle that we have to mourn what happens to us in order to heal. And anger is not a bad thing. In, in many of our dysfunctional families, we've seen anger used in so many harmful ways. But anger is actually healthy. Many of us feel guilty for being angry, but no, anger is a sign that something is wrong. Anger is like when you get a paper cut and it hurts and it tells you that you are bleeding. Women and men who've experienced sexual abuse or emotional and psychological abuse, their soul is bleeding. And if they don't feel the anger, it is because they are numb. But as they recognize their worth, they will then become angry. And they need to express that anger. So if you are helping someone who's going through this, do not judge a survivor for their anger because you you do not know what the crap they have been through. In, in, in topics like these, it is very difficult for me to not use language. However, I'm under deep conviction that I am not to use foul language under any circumstance. And my husband can tell you sometimes I fail, but I try. And the simple fact of the matter is that the sin that happens in this world makes me so angry that I, if I started to swear, I would swear like a sailor because the injustice is so great. And I thank God for the imprecatory psalms where God unleashes his wrath and his fury and his anger. Psalm 55 is incredible for that. My companion who we went into fellowship together has now betrayed me and their words were smooth as butter and oil, but now they have gone against me and the Lord reigned justice. So yes, unit seven, I have permission to feel my anger and hurt is extremely important. And please do not judge anyone for feeling anger, especially yourself. I, I need to do a whole podcast on that, so yeah. Actually, I think I did. Anger is your friend. I, I might listen to it and I might do it again. We'll, we'll see. Unit 8. Healing Loneliness and Fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23, verse 4. And the truth from that unit is, in Christ I am never alone. Isolation is an old tactic of the enemy. Because if we feel like we're the only person who's ever struggled with this sin or that sin, 
And let me tell you something, I confessed some weird things in my sexual healing group. Those ladies can tell you that was so weird, but you're going to experience freedom because you confess that. We think that we're the only one who struggles with this or that or the other. But that's not true. And God intentionally wants to bring survivors together so that we can process together and comfort each other and heal together. And when one is weak, the other can be strong. It's very important. Um, Part of the protocol of the Trees of Hope group is that everyone has a prayer partner who is outside the group. And the group leader, in my case, Sue, gets their name and their phone number. So that in case during the course of group, you become emotionally irate and start losing it, she can call your prayer partner and your prayer partner who has more context and history with you can um, help calm you down. It's, It's warfare. It is absolutely warfare because when we are freed from these lies that we don't have self-worth, but in fact we do because we are made in the image of God. When we are freed from the lie that we're only good for people for what they can get out of us, but no, actually we are valuable because we are made in the image of God and we're his creation. And if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we become his children. When we become free from those lives, we are powerful. And not in our own strength, because that would be futile. We become powerful in the truth. We become powerful because we are more dependent on Christ for our identity. When you see people out in the world who are self-sabotaging themselves left and right, try to keep in mind that you have no idea... You have absolutely no conception what is their definition of normal. Things that you take for granted, they would kill for. Almost. But not really. Hopefully. But maybe. But anyways, that, that's hyperbole. Hyperbole. Yeah. We don't know what healthy is until we interact with it. In fact, page 29 of my book of Shelter from the Storm has a list of different types of sexual abuse. And I'm going to read off of them. Because if you think sexual abuse is just getting touched inappropriately, you're right, but you're wrong. There's, there's more to it than that. And I'm going to read slowly because some of you might hear something that you've experienced as I read this and I want to be very sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's going to do in your heart so if you need to pause this podcast and sob give yourself permission to do so this is from unit 2 page 29 
Examples of physical sexual abuse. Touching or fondling a child or an adult without consent. Excessive tickling and physical restraint. French kissing a child. Excessive enemas or excessive concern about genital hygiene. Intercourse or oral sex or sodomy with any child or with an adult without consent. Examples of visual sexual abuse. Exposure of a child to pornography. Exposure of pornography to an adult without consent. Force, manipulation, or coercion of another to observe masturbation or the sexual activity of another. Exposure of genitals to non-consenting party or to a child. My note on that says, thanks a lot, internet. (laughs) Examples of verbal sexual abuse. Exposure of a child or non-consenting adult to sexual jokes, teasing, or graphic sexual depictions. Exposure of a child to repeated remarks about the child's developing body. Refusing to allow a child privacy for bathing or dressing. Name-calling of a sexual nature, calling a child a slut or whore, is sexual abuse. Examples of covert, without the immediate knowledge of the victim, sexual abuse. Observing another person nude without their consent. Videotaping without their consent people having sex. Examples of ritualistic sexual abuse. Forcing a person to participate in religious activities that include sex. Sexual activity that involves chants or incantations. Sexual abuse does not have to involve physical contact. Sexual abuse often begins with non-contact types of abuse that invade the emotional and psychological boundaries of the victim before the abuser makes any attempt to cross physical boundaries. Most sexual abuse does not involve intercourse or force. The abuser is rarely a stranger. When I read that list, it was revolutionary. For the sake of time, I'm going to move on back to the table of contents and explaining the different units. Unit 9 is about beginning to trust again, and the memory verse is Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the emphasis of that unit is that I can trust myself and others. For sexual abuse victims, because we've been hurt by someone we trusted, our ability to trust anyone is deeply, deeply damaged. 
trust takes time. It has to be earned. But it's also something that we have to choose when when it is right to choose. Unit 10 is the process of forgiveness. And the memory verse is, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3 verse 13. Because God has forgiven me, I can forgive others. This is, this is hard. A lot of times I've held the wrong people responsible. I give this person a pass for their behavior and I judge someone else for making them do that. And that's not ethical. We are all responsible for our own behavior. To be sure, many many folks have demonic strongholds and when we're in sin, it's almost as if we have no choice but to sin. And that's because we, we don't have the Holy Spirit within us giving us the freedom to choose to do what is right. But nonetheless, we are still responsible for our actions. And those who wounded us are still responsible for their actions. So if we're blaming one person for the actions of another, that's, that's not right. We have to hold everyone responsible for their own behavior. And we have to forgive everyone for their own behavior. Unit 11 is about confronting the perpetrator. And this, this is a hard unit. Some, some are called to this and some are not. And it depends on your phase of healing, if you ever, or, or the, the, the situation with that person, if you ever choose to do this. The memory verse says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Psalm 32, verse 3. And the emphasis of this unit is that I can speak the truth and I can be free. (sighs) Yeah. Unit 12 is about intimacy and relationships. And the memory verse says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. 1 John 1.7 And the emphasis of this unit is that I am loved, so I can risk loving you. And this is not just... This, is, this risk is more than just entering into a marriage relationship. This risk is about loving and trusting anyone. Friends, colleagues, relationships in general. It's very interesting um, the way that love works 
socially. Vanessa Van Edwards, a human research psychologist, scientist, yeah, scientist, I've mentioned her on this podcast many times, she says that a study was done where the only common denominator among the popular kids is that the popular kids liked the most people. That's it. Because at the end of the day, we all need to know that we're liked. For a relationship to begin, one person has to like the other person first. And in some cases that might happen mutually, but if it doesn't, one person has to like the other person first. And the challenge for those of us who've been sexually abused is that we are so, so gosh darn afraid of being hurt because we have been so traumatically hurt. We do not have the emotional resources to risk loving someone else. Not in our own strength, not without healing. And so, um, me, myself, I, I worked through about maybe unit nine. Let me see my notes here. Hmm. Yup. This per. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to unit seven. It's it's hard to read, and it's hard to work through this book by yourself. Um. But if you want to experience healing, you can. You can work through this book. By yourself, without a group, maybe with a friend long distance, but you do need to have someone to talk to, to process with. Um, I, I've not, I'm, I've not been much of a reader for the past few years, because of my, my intellectual energy, my mental health. Um, but I've held on to this workbook because I do want to complete it one day. And, um, one of the painful things about this book is that in every single chapter, there is at least one, at least one story of someone who has dealt with sexual abuse and what their specific situation was. And so... Um, those stories are very important because we need the testimony of others to know that we're not alone. That goes back to one of the units I mentioned. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The next verse in that psalm says... You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And that verse is shocking to me. It's shocking to me because... It, 
if you are on guard against the enemy, will you let your eyes off of them for a moment to sit and put food in your mouth? But God causes us to sit and rest and eat while he watches the enemy for us. That is powerful. Powerful. I need to illustrate Psalm 23 before the end of the year. I need to do it. (sighs) The other challenge of reading this book is hearing and reading all those stories and realizing, God, what is this horrible broken world that you have allowed to happen? How can this be? This is not right. This is not fair. Tangent. During the filming of the Gospel of Matthew, word for word, Bruce Marciano, the actor who played Jesus, had a moment where he asked God what it was like staring at the crowd. And for a moment, it was like there was this curtain that was pulled back, and he was overwhelmed with this unbelievable anguish. And there are photos of that moment that are in the book, um, In the Footsteps of Jesus, which that book has been, that book has been a mentor to me for the past 15 years. No, wait. 17, over a decade. That book has been a mentor to me. And... The only way that Bruce Marciano could explain it was that all of these people were living lives that God never intended them to live. That was one. And then two, they're hurting my babies. Look at what they're doing to my babies. Every time we do something that's not of God, we're hurting someone who is made in his image. And if they're a believer, we're hurting someone who is another child of God, one of our siblings. That goes for big things and small things. And sexual abuse is a big thing. And here's why. When a sexual abuse of any kind occurs, it trickles throughout every other area of our life. My sexual abuse was relatively light, and yet the women, the other women in the abuse, excuse me, the other women in my group who have been through every form of everything. They validated that my sexual abuse, though it was small, it was real. And the effects were no less prominent in the way I thought, in my desperation for attention, especially from men. So 
So just because you feel like your abuse is, isn't that bad or it's tiny, that, that is denial. That, that is a coping mechanism. And for you to be set free, you need to go talk to someone about what happened. Someone trustworthy. Let me see if I can find... Oh. Huh. Um. Guidelines for selecting supportive people. This is unit one, page 14. Pray for God's wisdom as you choose a supportive person. Choose a person unrelated but sympathetic to the situation surrounding your abuse. You might want to consider someone who has been in recovery for a year or more, a professional counselor, a pastoral counselor, a pastoral counselor, or a lay caregiver. Three, if you tell a family member, do not blame them for not helping sooner. Four, Determine how much of your story you want to tell. You might want to try writing an outline ahead of time. Remember that you do not have to tell anything you do not want to tell. And then number five, pray for the person you will enlist for support. That All five of those are very important. But the fifth one is also important because your prayer partner and your supporting person is is going to experience enemy attack on behalf of your healing. And so... You need to be interceding for them as they intercede for you. And even if that means laying in bed at night, praying that they have enough to pay their mortgage, that counts. Something else I want to mention before I wrap up this podcast is that you are normal for what you have been through. We look at the other people in the world and... I know for myself, I feel uncomfortable around people who are more healthy than I am. And it makes me sad that they don't, some of them, if they've always been in a healthy environment, if they were raised in a healthy way, many times they have no way of understanding or comprehending or it's very difficult for them to understand what I've been through that's that's really hard that was one of the hardest things about group was how shall I phrase this When we first came, the first day we all came to group, none of us spoke. Except for one woman spoke, shared a little bit, and then I shared a little bit. And then the second group, another one shared. 
And at first, you're all sitting in this room, and you're staring across from each other, and you feel self-conscious, and you're terrified. You're, you're like deer staring at other deer, but they all look like headlights, so you're just paralyzed. <laughs> if you can crack that ice, ooh, it's thick ice to crack, but once it's cracked, the, the fishing is great. Excuse me, that metaphor is horrible. Um, once, once you're able to share each other's, <laughs> once you're able to share your own story, and, and this is so powerful, when one person shared about a specific type of abuse, um, specifically, and I can say this, that person was, that other, everyone in this group was female. That woman shared about being abused by another woman. And that, her sharing that little bit allowed the other women in that group who'd been abused in a same-sex way to share about their abuse. So because she shared about hers, it opened up for them. And so... While you don't have to share anything you don't want to share, do keep in mind that if you are brave enough to be vulnerable, you may empower someone else's healing. That is what I'm doing on this podcast. That is why I started doing this on my vlog channel back in 2012. And if you think I ramble now, you don't even... (laughs) If you think I ramble now, you can go back and watch my vlog archives. Oh boy. Oh boy. My mind has come a long way. My clarity of communication has come a long, long way. Here's some indications of recovery. I am willing to face the abuse and acknowledge the hurt and the pain. I understand that the abuse was a violation. I have an increased awareness of my value and worth. I can list significant others I can trust. I can share thoughts and feelings about the abuse with others if I choose to do so. I recognize relationship tendencies that avoid honesty and intimacy. Important to know, intimacy, when we say that word, we think about two people getting naked. That's not what intimacy is. Intimacy is openness. Intimacy is soul vulnerability. And I heard it said in a sermon once, and I can vouch for it myself, that Many times the most intimate moments in a marriage have nothing to do with sexual contact and everything to do with voicing our deepest fears. I am overcoming feelings of shame and false guilt. That is huge. False guilt. Ooh. False guilt is is a garbage heap. 
if you have gone through sexual abuse or you know someone who goes who has been through sexual abuse you need to understand false guilt is the lie that (laughs) story time story time I was working at Starbucks and I'm cleaning the milk bar and I look across and one of our regular customers is sitting at a table and I make a goofy face at him. Now there there was this check in my spirit before I did it like don't don't make a face at him. And I just did it to be funny. But anyways, I did it. And then he beckoned for me to come over and then he talked to me a little bit. And then for the rest of the time that he came, he had a crush on me. And I'm just like, when did I ask you to treat me that way? Now, false guilt would say that I'm responsible for him having a crush on me because I made a goofy face at him when I knew I shouldn't have. And that is a lie from the pit of hell because as I already spoke about, as I already said, everyone is responsible for their own actions. He was responsible for his muscle shirt. He was responsible for hitting on me. He was responsible for his own hurt feelings. False guilt says that, oh, I'm pretty, therefore I have an obligation to be nice to everyone who likes me. Balderdash. Balderdash. I don't actually know what that word means. But regardless, I like saying it. (sighs) He was responsible for himself. And just because I'm pretty doesn't mean I need to give you the time of day. And... Uh, boundaries, people. Boundaries. And the last li- item in this list of indications of recovery is that I recognize that I was a victim even though I may have experienced physical arousal during the abuse. It's extremely important to understand, and I know I've use that phrase a bajillion times but it is true it is extremely important to understand that the human body is wired for what the human body is wired we have nerves in sensitive places for a reason and when they are touched even in a wrong way sometimes that can still feel good because God made it to feel good But that doesn't mean that we wanted it. That doesn't mean that we're, quote-unquote, getting anything out of it. People who... There are people out there in the world who think, oh, well, if you were sexually abused, you know, was it fun at least? It's like, excuse me? How rude. How rude. Ooh, I want to get out my slapping hand. Mm. Jesus, help me. And so I want you to know that even if you experienced enjoyment or physical pleasure while you were being abused, God does not fault you for that. He made you how he made you. 
And it is not your fault that someone else chose to take advantage of you. It is not your fault that it is difficult for you to trust people because your trust was broken. You are normal for what you have been through. Let me say that again. You are normal for what you have been through. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I pray that it blesses you deeply and profoundly. Um, I would encourage you to talk to someone about what this has stirred up in your heart. And even if this has made you aware of sexual abuse and you've never been sexually abused, none of those things I listed off, none of them, you know, pinged for you, I would encourage you to... But if this is something that has gotten you thinking, I would encourage you to go talk to someone you know who is healthy and tell them, I heard this podcast about this topic And it just got me thinking about this. And don't be afraid to ask people for their stories. If they're healthy, if they're healed enough. And don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help understanding something. Because the world needs more people who understand especially more healthy people and honestly the best thing that you can do to help someone who's experienced sexual abuse is to be a trustworthy friend and when they're awkward uphold your boundaries and be healthy with them and allow them Allow yourself to be a safe person for them to make mistakes with and help them if they are teachable in the growing process because I have needed a lot of people to be very, very patient with me for many, many years. (sighs) Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you make it possible for us to experience healing in this life. I praise you for that, Lord Jesus. You are holy. And yet, you are holy and our sin separates us from you. And yet, you sent your son to die on the cross to bridge that gap to take the wrath and the justified anger for all of our sins. You place that wrath on Jesus so that we could be covered by his blood and now we are able to have a relationship with you where we can interact with you. We can hear your Holy Spirit, Lord God. 
thank you for this privilege. Thank you that we can hear the Holy Spirit. Thank you that he lives inside of us. The power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me. I need to look up that verse. And Jesus truly was God in flesh. And he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand next to you, God the Father. And we thank you, God the Father, for being so faithful to us. We thank you for the Trinity. We thank you that the Father knows what time the end events are coming. And we wait for them eagerly and with patience so that we can all be in heaven with you. And all of this garbage will finally, finally become light and momentary troubles. In the light of your goodness... All of this will look like light and momentary troubles. And we praise you for that, Lord Jesus. Because only your goodness is good enough to make these horrible, excruciating violations of personhood seem light and momentary. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you that you are faithful to us, even when we are not faithful to you. We thank you that you are drawing us. We thank you that your sheep know your voice and you call them by name. We thank you that, as Jesus says, you have not lost one. And all those who truly accept you as their Lord and Savior will be in heaven Father God, help us to persevere. Help us to walk in faith. Help us to ask for wisdom and healing and freedom. Help us to pray brave prayers. Help us to repent of things that we need to repent of. Help us to let go of our sin. Please do not let us be like dogs that return to their vomit. Please help us to give up the addictions and the sins and the besetting sins and set aside the weight as you say in Hebrews 12 set aside the weight that so easily entangles and run the race that is set before us and you the author and perfecter of our faith you for the joy set before you endured the cross despising its shame and you are now seated at the right hand of God in glory Please help us to walk that and run that race. Even if on there are days where we can only crawl. Even if there are days where we can only nudge forward or we can only hug. I remember days where I was so scared of scripture that I could only hug my Bible. And Father God, you were faithful to me and you honored that. And you've now empowered me to read the whole entire Bible and I'm not afraid of any of it. Thank you for setting me free in this way, Lord God. Please, I ask that everyone listening would have that same level of freedom, that they would no longer be afraid of you, that they would no longer confuse your fatherhood with the fatherhood that they grew up with or the motherhood that they grew up with because, Jesus, you are the perfect parent. You are one. You encapsulate... What's a simpler word to say? Lord Jesus... You love both as a mother and a father. 
And yes, you reference yourself as male in the Bible, and that is out of a sign of respect, but that is in no way saying that women are any less value, and you could not have created women if you didn't have all of those attributes, gentleness, tenderness, emotions. Father God, we thank you for your infinite emotional capacity, because as I have worked through my trauma, as an, and as everyone listening, as we all work through our traumas and continue to You feel our emotions at greater depths than we could possibly imagine. You feel our wounds with us when we are numb, when we can't even acknowledge what we've experienced. You mourn it for us. And you are grieved by the injustice in the world, and yet you have patience and grace. You allow the the weeds to grow with the wheat, because if you uproot the the tares or the weeds you might uproot the good wheat and you don't want to lose one but you are waiting until the harvest and the kingdom and then you will sort out the weeds and the tares from the wheat and you will gather the wheat into your barn and we Jesus are going to spend eternity for you and that's why we're doing this and we're so thankful please give us patience please give us faith Please help us to see the end of the marathon that we are running and that on hard days in this life, it seems like it's never going to end. And yet, what is it, Psalm 90? Give us wisdom that we may count our, you know, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And if we have, you know, maybe by strength, 80 or 90 years, yet it is toil and sorrow. Father God, teach us to number our days. And yes, establish the work of our hands. Yes, O Lord, establish the work of our hands. Make us fruitful. I want to be one of those fruit that reaps a hundredfold. And Lord Jesus, I ask that you would give the people listening to me right now the courage to ask God the courage to ask you that they would receive enough healing to be powerfully fruitful for your healing, for for your kingdom. Father God, thank you for giving us the privilege to be a part of the healing of our siblings in Christ. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for that we get to be part of each other's story. Thank you that when we get to the other side, we will see the, the finished tapestry, not from the back where the, the strings are all messy, and but from the front when everything is ordered and beautiful. And we won't care anymore about all of the stupidity that we had to go through in this life. We thank you. We praise you for your goodness and your holiness and your faithfulness to us, Lord, and your justice. We thank you, God. We thank you that, as you say in the book of Jude, those set out for destruction, those who those who do not choose you and, sin, and choose willfully to sin against you, they will receive just punishment. And thank you also that you have grace Thank you that you have grace for all of us, even if we have abused those out of our own abuse. 
If we have abused others out of our own abuse, we thank you that there is grace for that too. Please give us courage to face and take responsibility for our own actions. We praise you, Lord God. We praise you. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the Lion of Judah, our provider, our healer. Amen. If this podcast has given you something to think about, something that you need to work through and process, I would encourage you to click the link in the description, inversestream.com slash podcast slash sexual dash healing. There will be a web form there that will connect you with a mentor. This is not a professional counselor, simply a Christian who wants to encourage you and walk with you in this journey of healing. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus. And I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go and live it.